This message comes from NPR sponsor Discover. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday debit card purchases with no fees, period. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Brittany Luce. Spring is basically here. And for many of us, it marks the beginning of wedding season. And nobody, nobody does weddings quite like Jennifer Lopez. She's been engaged six times in real life. And on screen, she's tied the knot a lot. So let's just do it. Let's just get married right now. I do. And I'm not the only one who's noticed this pattern. Which brings me to today's guest, New York Magazine features writer Rachel Handler. Not only had I seen like 10 movies where she got married, but... I had seen four movies where she planned a wedding, and I was like, that's really strange and fascinating. Yeah, it's kind of like your Jerry Seinfeld moment. Like, weddings. What's up with that? (laughs) What's up with that? (laughs) What's up with that? In an article she wrote for New York Magazine, Rachel calls these four movies the J-Lo Wedding Industrial Complex canon. It starts with The Wedding Planner. Nothing is going to come close to the heights of The Wedding Planner, which to me is like rom-com perfection. And then, monster-in-law. There's definitely just this idea about, like, sort of women warring with each other, this idea of, like, striving. There's only room for one woman in a man's life. Marry Me. Marry Me was just, like, built by an algorithm. I do not speak on that film. (laughs) (laughs) And her latest, Shotgun Wedding. Shotgun Wedding was, like, fine. So, I know that J-Lo looks incredible in white. She's in her power when she wears white. But Rachel says it's a lot more than that. We get deep into the messaging behind the J-Lo Wedding Industrial Complex canon, looking at what these films do for J-Lo's brand and what they say about us. Rachel, welcome to It's Been a Minute. Thank you. I'm very excited to be on. Let's dig into this canon. Let's. What were some of the aesthetic or emotional themes that you noticed I loved that in each movie, she had a sad dinner when she was single. Like, they sort of painted her as this, like, tragic figure. Like, in The Wedding Planner, she sat down in, like, hard jeans, like, hard denim, (laughs) in front of a TV alone and ate a microwave meal. I also loved in each of her films, there was a best friend whose sole purpose was to say something along the lines of, like, I'm really worried about you. You haven't been laid in six years. Uh, I don't trust a man who gets regular pedicures. Mary, you haven't been on a date in two years. Your point? That was their primary (laughs) job. And in each one, someone says something like, I wish it was just the two of us getting married alone on a beach. Okay, let's talk about this beach theme. Because (laughs) something that comes up in the canon a lot, even in Shotgun Wedding, which was meant to feature a beach wedding. (laughs) It's like, I was paying attention at that point because I had read your piece. Yeah. Before I watched Shotgun Wedding. So it's like, okay. I'm like, what is she going to say in this film? Because she's already getting married. She's already on the beach. On the beach so exactly. what does she want? I wanted it to just be you and me in the middle of the ocean. And for the 400th time, that would have killed my mother. Ugh. I was dead. I died when that happened. I was I like, no died. way. No way. No way. But like literally every single film, <laughs> it comes up yeah. that the main character or her partner They're planning this big wedding, but privately, (laughs) privately, they want an intimate beach wedding. It's mentioned or inferred Mm -hmm. in some way in all four of these films. Mm -hmm. What is up with that? What does that mean? I think it's sort of a way of telegraphing 
like they love each other so much they don't need any of this bull sort mm-hmm. of extra stuff going on but they they're being forced by sort of powers against their will whether it's their families whether it's societal expectations like someone is like I don't actually care about the wedding which is like a way of sort of telegraphing an inner depth except of course in the wedding planner we're in that's her job to plan right. these big weddings but she right. still has a sort of sardonic like eye rolly vibe about the whole job the whole time she's like this is important but also these people are insane I honestly love you by Olivia Newton-John was their wedding song puts them in the 14 month divorce room like she's just so cool she's like, a she cool girl care. she's a yeah. cool girl but actually in one of the movies it's the groom who wants to have the one on the beach too so he's a cool girl you know, and that's, <laughs> as I say in the movie, that's feminism. <laughs> but also, like, the other kind of wedding, as you mentioned, like, the, we we love each other so much, we don't need anything else. We're so cool. We can just get married to the beach in linen, suits. Like, it's fine. That's another type of perfect wedding. Oh, 100%. It's like, it's like an Instagram perfect, right? It's like, oh, we just went, the two of us, on this private beat. It, it's totally, it's it all feeds into the same idea, really. Like... The real sort of like galaxy brain take is like, you can go to the courthouse, don't photograph it, don't tell anyone that if she's doing that in a movie, I'm like, all right, you know, she really does love this guy. But other than that, I'm like, all right, there's some part of you that really wants to have this, this wedding, this, this production. Mm, if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it. <laughs> exactly. If Jennifer Lopez in a film got married at court and invited <laughs> no one, did it really happen? <laughs> well, that almost happens in the wedding planner. She like goes to the courthouse to marry her like weird Childhood crush. Right, Massimo. Yep, yep. She doesn't do it. She can't bring herself to do it. It's too sad. And you didn't get married. She's not married. She does not love me. She loves She loves you, Steph. In your pre-interview with our producer, Liam, you mentioned that you also think that each of these films are distinct products of their eras. And I agree mm. with you, and I love that take. But I want to hear more about that. Can you start with The Wedding Planner on that? So I think that The Wedding Planner has a very clear pre-9-11 sensibility. Right, because it ends so positively and like wraps up in this uncomplicated way. Yes, it feels hopeful. It feels like all the rom-coms feel before 9-11, right? Because after 9-11, it's like you can't really sell something like The Wedding Planner to a jaded, you know, traumatized population in the same way. And so I think there's like an innocence and a hopefulness to the wedding planner and to those earlier rom-coms that just, you just can't do that anymore. You know, you it just uh, wouldn't sell. It wouldn't work. You know, also in this first movie, Jennifer Lopez plays the titular wedding planner. She does. Which was kind of a new job at that point mm. in time. And that job is very much in service of the wedding industrial complex. Like, you know, 50 years ago, weddings weren't as big of a thing. Like, you wouldn't even get a wedding planner because... They'd be planned by the bride's mother and possibly done at home. And yeah, it's interesting to me that the job itself was becoming glamorized mm-hmm. right at the moment that Jennifer Lopez is playing the role of a wedding planner in a film. Absolutely. I think it's 2000 or 2001, but it feels really 90s. It feels really like father of the bride. Let's spend all our money on this one perfect day. Hey, wedding woman, you did some job. My girl's going to knock him dead. Aren't you go? Marry Me is a good, you know, sort of horror movie example of a wedding Mm. manufactured for social media. Mm. Do you guys, like, talk ever? It's just publicity. It's not real. That's a good point. And, I mean, also in Shotgun Wedding, there's, like, the, I guess to give some background on the plot, it's about this wedding that Jennifer Lopez's character is having with her 
soon-to-be husband. And the wedding is interrupted by this band of pirates who are, you know, trying to hold the wedding party ransom. No need to be scared. As long as everybody follows directions, no one gets hurt. And, like, even that felt to me, like, metaphorically, like, how I think some people saw COVID as, like, an assault on their wedding plans. A hundred percent. Like this unforeseen thing that ruined your special day. You're right. It does feel like a pure id expression of someone who had their who had their their wedding ruined by COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, I'll say shotgun wedding reminds me of like kind of a shift in what marriage used to be. Marriage was thought to be this like new phase of your life where you leave your parents' house, you begin your sexual life. Marriage, I imagine, was a pretty stark transition back then. But now many couples, you know, who arrive at the altar have already passed many of those milestones. They live together. They've obviously been boinking for some time. Mm-hmm. And, and some people get married long after they have children together. Right. And even in the film, there's a point where Jennifer Lopez's character says, you know, like, I'm not some blushing, blushing bride. bride. I'm a grown woman. I don't want my daddy walking me down the aisle. It's interesting, though, because even though, like, you're not going to get like the cold ice bath of, I imagine, what married life might have felt like 50, 60, 70 years ago. There's still this idea that like it's fine for them to kind of be a traumatic experience. Yeah. You see in the film that they say like we fought more in the past few months than we had in the previous four years of our relationship. That's something that I've heard from people. You totally. Know, who, get, who get married. They're, they fight more yeah. when they're planning their wedding than they ever have. Right. And, it, and people say this. There's this response, this common refrain. Like if you can get through this tough time together. You've got a solid relationship. <laughs> it kind of feels like on some level, culturally, there's meaning derived from the painfulness of planning a wedding. Like It's twisted. Do we still need a wedding to be a painful experience in order to make it meaningful? I guess. I mean, I that it's very twisted. And I had the same experience where people kept saying that to me. And actually, a bigger reason I didn't want to get married is because I didn't want to engage in that process. And I didn't want to like stress myself out unnecessarily and all of that. Right. So I made my husband plan the whole thing. I told him if we went, he wanted to get married, it was on him to plan the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> That's the smartest thing I've ever heard Thank in my you. life. Because <laughs> he it was, worked for you. It worked. Yeah. I mean, I got to weigh in on like fun things that I cared about. Like I got to be like, oh, I want like this food, or I want like this DJ, or whatever. But I was like, you have to do all the annoying stuff if you want to get married. And he was like, okay. You had the groom experience. I did have the groom experience. But that in, in Shotgun Wedding, he's the one who also plans the wedding. So I really, I was right. like, okay, I see what you're doing here. Like, you know, elder millennial uh, feminist energy for sure. Right, right, right. Where like the professional baseball player groom yeah. is like sitting and hot gluing like <laughs> Christmas tree lights to pineapples to right. make the centerpieces perfect. Right. I got to finish these centerpieces and rearrange the seating chart now that Sean decided to show up. So Jennifer Lopez, obviously famously a bride in, in both her real life and in her work. But she's not just playing these roles. No. She often produces these films. Exactly. Shotgun Wedding is a film that would have to have been in motion either when she was engaged to Alex Rodriguez or engaged to Ben Affleck. Mm -hmm. So on some level, she knew that she was going to be planning a wedding in real life at the same time that this film was going to be in production or coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like with Shock and Wedding, there was sort of like a sly wink from Jennifer Lopez. Like, okay, yeah, I, I, I know what I'm doing in real life. I wonder, like, what is the communication 
through this over it? Like, what is she maybe trying to communicate to us or possibly working out for herself? I mean, you can't know, right? I don't know if you guys are like on the phone texting or not. Yes, stuff, we're, but- we're texting right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'll ask her. Honestly, I, right, I can't know, but I have to imagine that What's interesting about Shotgun Wedding is as to sort of complete the the four movies, it is the most sort of openly anti-wedding industrial complex film. It's sort of about how it's not worth it. It tears people apart. Mm-hmm. It's silly. It's very openly like against even her characters like I never wanted any of this, you know. And so I think on some level she must be grappling with what that means and why she's so compelled to have these weddings over and over to have these giant productions over and over. I'm sure she's like on a subconscious level exploring that. So I, you know, I think she's got levels. <laughs> Coming up, what JLo gets out of perpetual bridehood and why we need different kinds of stories about love. Stay with us. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Teladoc Health. There are lots of reasons for wanting to be healthy. Family, work, living a fuller life, Teladoc Health understands. Whether you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or just need to manage your weight, Teladoc Health can help. Visit TeladocHealth.com slash What's Your Why for more information. That's T-E-L-A-D-O-C Health slash What's Your Why. This message is brought to you by Apple Pay. Fussing with plastic cards should be a thing of the past. Instead, pay the Apple way. Apple Pay is easy, secure, and built into iPhone. All you have to do is set it up. Just add a card in the Wallet app and you're good to go. This message comes from NPR sponsor, REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing, backpacking, and another outdoor thing that rhymes with backpacking. Visit your local REI co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways you can opt outside. This election season, you can expect to hear a lot of news, some of it meaningful, much of it not. Give the Up First podcast 15 minutes, sometimes a little less, and we'll help you sort it out what's going on around the world and at home. Three stories, 15 minutes, Up First every day. Listen every morning, wherever you get your podcasts. You know, we've been talking... I got married last year. It seems that you got married very recently. And I don't know what your experience was as somebody who kind of took a backseat to their wedding planning. Mm -hmm. But I can attest that much of the modern messaging around being a bride, which really turned me off and made wedding planning miserable for me, is the idea that you can be a princess or a celebrity for a day. But Jennifer Lopez is already, she's obviously already a celebrity. Yeah. But she's also already functionally a princess. I was going to say that. Every day. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Um. She's very rich and she doesn't need one as a display of wealth, yeah. which, which is what weddings definitely can be for a lot of people. Absolutely. What might a person like J-Lo get out of being a bride, like on screen in that way or, or wanting to be seen as being a bride? I really think she sees these weddings as a direct expression of like love and and worth we've all followed JLo we've all wanted her to be happy you know like we we're all like rooting (laughs) for her you know and I think now she seems like she's happy with Ben and that's great but it it took her you know four marriages to figure that out and Mm -hmm. I really think she's like an old school like she thinks that a big wedding is incredibly romantic it feels like the natural end point 
of the idea that like success is nothing unless you have somebody to share it with. Yes, which is my favorite Beyonce quote, by the way, where she says like, <laughs> you know, I don't remember the exact quote, but she talks about like, what's the point of any of this if you don't have someone to share it with? And I think it's fascinating to look at these movies, you know, juxtapose with her life and think about, you know, what is she like roiling over at three in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder, you know, looking past the personal, what does being a perpetual bride mean for J-Lo's brand. Maybe part of it is that she, to sell the idea of J-Lo, right? It's like Hmm. the personality, the persona that is J-Lo. I think she's like an amazing actress who doesn't often get parts that are worthy of her. Like think about Hustlers. She's so good in Hustlers. We got to start thinking like these Wall Street guys. You see what they did to this country? They stole from everybody. You ever think about when they come into the club? That's stolen money. She rarely gets to do something like that. And I... Hmm. And I wonder if, like, she's sort of leaning harder into this rom-com J-Lo persona as she gets older because she feels like that's where she's going to get the most roles or have the most success. Mm. And part of that is this concept, like you're saying, of being, like, this traditional – the traditional girly bride who's who's mm. selling that fantasy to people. I don't know. I haven't I actually thought, thought about that. I hadn't thought about that that way. Like, she's not getting the Amy Adams phone calls. Exactly, which is crazy. I love her range too. You know, I love Jennifer. I love her in enough. I love when she, you know, I love when she gets to hold a gun. You know, I, I was going to say, I'm like, maybe that's the next article. Um, <laughs> well, I know, said in Shotgun Wedding, I was like, this marries the two genres. She holds a gun and she gets married. You know, we spent a lot of time in this conversation parsing JLo's artistic messaging, mm-hmm. but she's releasing these films into an adoring marketplace. Mm-hmm. So, what are these films telling us about ourselves? Oh my God. I mean, this is where I kind of, it gets a little dark for me. I do think it's a little bit malevolent to make these movies over and over, (laughs) especially to sell this, this fantasy over and over to like a rapidly dying globe uh, where, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic and an economic crisis. And I do think there's obviously a massive place for escapism and, and humor and joy, of course, but like, you know, what does it tell, it tell us about ourselves when when we just want to keep watching the same movie over and over again where, like, a beautiful, very wealthy woman has, like, an amazing wedding to the man of her dreams? And, like, mm. like I said, it's unimaginative at best. It's claustrophobic at worst. Like, it's just – it's worth questioning. It's worth questioning everything. As I was writing this piece, I was thinking to myself, you know, like, damn, like, we need to – we need some new myths. We need some new stories. Mm. I'm like wondering, I'm like, what does that even look like? I mean, maybe it looks like, you know, the woman who refused a wedding for, for 17 years. I don't know. And gets her husband playing the entire thing. I think a lot about, this is going to get like a little, maybe pretentious, but Elif Bodiman wrote a profile of Celine Siama in The New Yorker that I think about oh, the all the time. Yes, uh, who mm-hmm. did Portrait of Lady on Fire. And she talked about... This idea of like female storytelling, what does it look like when a woman, the traditional arc of of a movie, the hero's journey is like the same exact as the arc of the male orgasm. Yes. And she talked about storytelling as a circle, a female storytelling as a circle, sort of concentric circles getting smaller and smaller and going in to the middle of a story. And that's the structure of Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It's not a male orgasm. It's a circle. It like, changed my life. It changed my brain. And I think it's <laughs> it's powerful to, to reimagine this type of thing. Well, I mean, it's interesting because, I mean, literally 
the height of a story and traditional yeah. storytelling is called the climax. Yeah. But I mean, what is a wedding if not the, in story terms, the most climactic mm-hmm. point of a relationship? as we mm-hmm. traditionally think about it. And the veil has been, I think, moved from, removed from most of society's mm-hmm. eyes with regard to the fact that marriages you know, don't last forever. We all know that like the meaty, juicy, exciting parts of a relationship are the things that take place long after that climactic point has been reached. Exactly. And I do think, you know, to sort of put a finer, more annoying point on it, I do think <laughs> that like, that these movies about two people finding each other, having this wedding, and then, like, going off into their lives alone. This is just sort of reinforcing this really toxic idea of American individualism that has arguably gotten us to the place that we're at now, at the, the sort of at the beginning of a crumbling empire, because we're not taught about the collective. We're not taught. We don't watch stories where the romance is about a group of people coming together and helping mm. each other. It's about two people being like, and now we're going to buy our house and we're going to have our kid and we're going to live our little life alone. You know what I mean? Like yeah. love and success is so individualistic in these films and we need to reimagine. I wish that we could move in the Celine Siama direction. Like I want a Jayla Celine Siama collab. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rachel, thank you so much for talking with me about this. This was like everything that I could have hoped for. Oh my I'm God, me too. to unpack this. <laughs> this was so fun. I would do this all day. This was really, really fun. <laughs> and congratulations. You too. <laughs> Thanks again to New York Magazine features writer Rachel Handler. Coming up, I have two of my wonderful colleagues who both happen to be planning their weddings right now on for a game to decide which wedding trends are tired, wired, or inspired. Stick around. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Discover. Debit card users, Discover has something especially for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can start earning cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right, cash back on debit purchases because cash back isn't just for credit cards. Plus, there are no fees, period. Finally, the game-changing checking account you deserve. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. Support for NPR comes from FX with Shogun, an original series based on the novel by James Clavell. FX's Shogun is an epic saga of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan, starring Hiroyuki Sanada and Anna Sawai, now streaming on Hulu. Support for NPR and the following message come from Scholastic with Free Period by Ali Therese. Free Period is Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, for a new generation, and is a hilarious and necessary novel for young readers featuring themes of empowerment, activism, and gender equity. You know the names of the primary players. Jimmy Carter. Our country's not strong anymore. Ronald Reagan. We have perverted our Constitution. Gerald Ford. Let's go! But how they acted, it's just about the opposite of their popular images. Those are the seeds of the culture war. Landslide. How a presidential race led to today's political divide. Subscribe now to Landslide, part of the NPR Network. You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Brittany Luce. Now, we are going to play a game. It's called Tired, Wired, and Inspired. 
Before we get to it, I have to introduce my phenomenal guests, starting with our wonderful editor, Jessica Plachek, a.k.a. JP. Glad to be here. And our incredible executive producer, Verilyn Williams. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> Welcome, Verilyn. Welcome, JP. They are both making their IBAM debuts. Welcome to the show. As you both know, you're here to play a game with me today. This game that we're going to play, is it's very much like a different game that you may have played, Date, Mary Kill. But since you're both planning your weddings right now, mm-hmm. and I just got married last year, so technically I'm a newlywed, we're going to talk about wedding trends. And you have to tell me whether you think they're tired, wired, or inspired. Oh. So if you think something is tired, if you think a trend is tired, then like you hate it, boo, it's tired, it's done, we're over it. Okay. If you think the trend is wired, it's like, okay, I could get into this. You know what I mean? You're into the vibe, but you're not writing home about it. And if you think a trend is inspired, then it's like, this is stellar, can't get enough of it. Does that make sense? Yes. Got it. Amazing. Let's go. Okay. Trend number one. Wedding bands, not the rings, but the live band playing at the reception. Mm. Tired, wired, or inspired? Tired. Oh, JP says tired. I'm going to say tired. I do love a live band, but if you have a band, then everyone is there to look at the band and they don't actually dance with each other. And like my favorite weddings, the ones where you get like nasty, sweaty, glistening on the dance floor. (laughs) And when there's a band, I feel I must perform for them. Mm. Mm. That said, I did go to a wedding that was friggin' phenomenal because the DJ played a trumpet accompaniment to all of the songs and it oh. just like elevated it. Oh. It was so fun. That actually sounds amazing. That yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's my conflict too. Like I personally would never hire a band for mm. my wedding, but I have been to a wedding that had a band and it was like one of the most lit bands I've ever experienced in my life and they were playing all the jams and the singer was incredible made us cry made you cry yeah like you know but I will say that it took away from the couple because Mm. we're supposed to be paying attention to the couple during their dance but I'm out here looking listening to this woman that's sounding like Mariah Carey you know so the (laughs) attention (laughs) was like diverted so I too am gonna say that that is tired no no bands at at, at I think if if they if they're phenomenal, that's great. I have seen trends where brides are like, "I'm a friggin' phenomenal singer, so here I go," and I'm like, "That's fun." No, you know, you go, no. girl. No, <laughs> oh no. no. But there's, it's like Mm-mm. your your special day. You're showing off who you are. You know, even the best singers have off days. Now you're at your your wedding, and that's a part of your <laughs> oh your, my your day gosh. forever. <laughs> Okay, maybe maybe for rehearsal night. What a nice thing to do on rehearsal mm-hmm. night. Okay, there we go. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> there we go. So, okay, you heard it here first. Wedding bands canceled. Canceled for 2023. <laughs> the next wedding trend. Now, this is one I haven't personally seen, but at this point, I do kind of want to see it. Adult flower girls or boys or non-binary folks. I have seen this. <gasps> I've seen this. Adult flower I've never people? I've seen this. Like, You've seen- they, yes, I've seen, I've seen adult flower people. My boo even was like, should we do this? And I was like, no. Your fiance was thinking maybe you should have an adult flower girl at your He's wedding? He's a sweet, basic man. <laughs> what is the thinking behind it? Is it because they don't trust the, 
the young, you know, like the no, young No, no, no. It's it's essentially a gimmick where like oftentimes when I've seen it online, let me tell you, my algorithm knows this girl is getting married. It's usually like bros wearing like, do you know pit vipers? Like those like those like sunglasses, like they're kind of like, like Randy Macho Man, Macho Man Savage yeah. kind of sunglasses. Yeah, 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 exactly. And they, they walk down the aisle with a little fanny pack and they're just like jacked and throwing flowers. I think I would prefer a, a child flower girl. Yeah. I mean, I can understand yeah. that. And you're talking to someone that's literally going to the courthouse, so I'm opting out of all of them. <laughs> there will be no aisle. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, it's hard to wrap my mind around an adult person throwing flowers, being jacked. So I'm going to, sorry, say that this is also tired. A lot of tired we are some uh, wedding picky trends. Brides. Picky brides. <laughs> okay. So another one. On to the next. Destination or otherwise very expensive bachelorette celebrations. Tired, wired, Ooh. or inspired? Inspired, inspired, inspired. Um, really? I yes, yes. I love first of all, I love a good trip. And when else can you actually <laughs> Like, get your friends to have to go somewhere with you, you know, because, mm, mm. you know, trying to plan a girl's trip on a normal, at least in my friend group, can uh-huh. be a little bit of a thing. Like, life be life in. It's always a, it's always a reason. <laughs> People with babies, kids. So I'm going to say inspired. Interesting. Inspired for the the guilt, the guilt and obligation. <laughs> like that's the one part of wedding. Controversial, controversial, I'm controversial. I'm here for it. JP, what do you say? <laughs> Tired, wired, inspired. Destination or otherwise very expensive batches. Uh, I mean, like just you saying expensive. I'm like, no thanks. I think I'm just like being such a hater over here. Um, I'm like, yeah, all down for trips with friends, but I also, I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, I'm going to say wired. It's fine. I have no ill will towards a gal's trip. But you don't want to spend, you don't want to lay down the cash for it. No, no. I think also, like, I. I I don't have that much PTO, man. I can't I can't throw down. <laughs> like if Marilyn wants to give me a lot more, yeah, great. <laughs> wow, look at that. Is this the start of the bride wars? <laughs> That's so funny. Marilyn, the ball is in your court. Actually, I feel like when you do that, you're gifting your friends with the opportunity to take care of themselves while they're taking care and celebrating you. I actually, I think this, the more I think about it, the more inspired I'm becoming, actually. You're like, yes. I'm tired okay. on those, but what uh, what my best friends and I from high school did is like, did like a happy medium. At that point, we we're all living in different parts of the country and we wanted to go to Palm Springs and we were like, let's just call this our group batch. Like, I don't even think, no one was engaged. That's fun. Like, I don't even think everybody had like a partner or anything like that. It was just like, we're about 30 this is our group bachelorette. I love it. And like we're making a blood pact as friends to not do this again. <laughs> like, I love this is the that. Group batch. That's so we good. We have done it. It actually it was amazing. And it's great because like now three of them have children. And so it's like it's mm-hmm. harder to put together a trip like that. So I don't know. I'm like pro friend trip. But I also I had a bachelorette dinner. I didn't. I just went out and I was like, I want to have steak. I want to get drunk. And that's what Same. I did. Mm-hmm. And I lost my phone <laughs> and a good time was had by all. But yeah, oh. no, to me, tired. I think actually I'm realizing <laughs> through this conversation, I think that like almost all wedding trends are tired. But that's because I already got married. <laughs> and when you all finish, <laughs> you might be on the same <laughs> 
hope you both have wonderful weddings. And um, thank you so much for stopping in to play Tired, Wired, Inspired with me. This is a bucket list dream come true. Thank you, Brittany. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again to my colleagues, editor Jessica Plotchek and executive producer Verilyn Williams. This episode of It's Been a Minute was produced by Liam McBain. Our editor is Jessica Plachek. Our intern is Jamal Michelle. Engineering support came from Trey Watson. Our executive producer is Verilyn Williams. Our VP of programming is Yolanda Sanguini. Our senior VP of programming is Anya Grundman. Did you like this episode? Did it make you think of someone who just planned a wedding? Send this to them. Sharing our show with your friends helps get the word out, and we really appreciate it. All right, that's it for this episode of It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Brittany Luce. Talk soon. This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, you'll hear, it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.